Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Scott Watley, and we appreciate you being with us. We're going to talk a little bit about the big game hunting as well as spring turkey, which is right around the corner, opens April the 14th. And uh, I know a lot of guys and gals out there are really excited for that and getting going uh, hunting some turkeys. But uh, we got a lot of great guests in studio as well, so I'll go around the room real quick. And uh, ladies first, we've got Lisa Thompson with Hunt Data with us. Lisa, good to see you. Thanks for having me. And Donnell Johnson. You guys travel in pairs. I should, it all just be Lisa and Donnell's show. You know, I mean, y'all just, you know, Laverne and Shirley, you know, that kind of thing. She does do Lisa L. Lisa's on on all her gear. So she is like Laverne. She seriously is. Good. And then to balance out the room, Mr. Wynn Eubank from Colorado Outdoor Sports. Wynn, good to have you in the studio, bud. All right. We just finished up the big game hassle draw <laughs> that's what that should have been called i'm in therapy still yeah my, no kidding and you know i mean hey we we are uh, so-called partners i guess colorado parks and wildlife so man i mean i don't know it was just what totally was set out to simplify um be very clear be very easy for everyone turned out and i think they would have to admit it, to be kind of a disaster so lisa we'll start with you what are just some of the headaches and different things that you you went through personally or that you guys were trying to help people because you guys assist a lot of people in getting taxed so from your side how'd it go (laughs) well we had a crazy week Um, everyone seemed to wait till the last minute which was not very helpful but um, because you had to set up an account this year it wasn't that easy for a lot of people and especially if you're not computer savvy on that stuff um, so we were trying to talk people through CIDs, driver's license. Some people couldn't find their stuff. And um, even when they'd put it in, um, Donnell and I actually ended up doing many people's tags for them mm-hmm. because they could not do it. Right. And, um, and, of course, this whole thing about this unique email address was mm-hmm. the big thing. And, I mean, if you open up the big game brochure, that's the first thing, you know, they talk about what's new. And everybody had to have this unique email and password. From my understanding and talking with them, too, they got a lot of flack for that because kids don't have unique email addresses, a lot of them, 13, 14 years old, whatever. No, my daughters, I put all of ours under my email because I'm the one that does my whole families, and I kind of manage that. So having a unique email, they would get stuff that I would never know. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I know they changed that like in the last month. They went in and did something in the system that you could put your kids under your email, but... I know they're figuring it out on on their end too, but it was quite it was a big change really fast for a lot of people. And again, if you had any problems with if you're not a computer person, right, um, a lot of people struggled. And we ended up consulting. I can't even tell you how many tags we put in for um, people. Just literally, they had to give us all their personal stuff just mm-hmm. to put in. I mean, Donnell and I have social security numbers, driver's license. <laughs> Y'all could buy a house and a few cars, We're going to right? Vegas this week. We have week. credit cards. We have CIDs. You <laughs> name it. Good we week. have CIDs. We have CVVs. We have everything. So, mm-hmm. anyway, it was a struggle. Yeah, absolutely. 
Donnell, comment? You know, I, I have a good friend in the division. I kept calling her. I said, this is the last time I'm going to call you. And she said, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And I called her four times, I think, on that Tuesday. And she said she was working till midnight. Everyone yeah. for the Colorado Parks and Wildlife had to stay till midnight because they were getting so many questions. Right. So the one thing that you can do is you still can go in and alter your um, application up through the 13th, I believe. Amend it, So yes. right. you can amend it. And so that's for all the – well, and the confusion, too, for the people out of state. I have My son-in-law has a bunch of hunting buddies, and so they're calling in saying, we're going to apply for everything. And I'm like, you guys didn't have a tag last year, so you're going to go $40. $40, $40, $40 when it actually processes. Because when they went to check out, it was only $3, $3, $3. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole nother confusing thing is if you haven't had it, if you didn't have some kind of tag last year, um, you're going to get processed $40 per. Species. Now, it does max out at four, which we, it was another question we called to make sure on. It's what, bear, antelope, deer, elk, I think. Mm -hmm. So that's even confusing too because they just thought, oh, it's only $21 for my seven apps. It was a, it, when when they actually go to process and they don't draw the tag. Right. It's going to go forty forty, and I don't understand why they didn't do that up front. But anyway. Sure. So well, you girls make me feel great because I only put seven people in. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. The key to the you preference point, though, I just want to touch on the preference point to clear that up for anyone listening. If you did not have a tag in Colorado, a resident or non-resident, you have to pay $40 per species. Now, what a lot of people did, and I know, and we encourage them to, is on May or March 30th or 31st, go buy a small game tag. Because if you were to buy a small game tag before it expired on the 31st, it wouldn't have cost you $40 per species mm -hmm. because you had a tag. Even though you might not have used it, it was cheaper than paying 160 sure. So that's the way you can kind of get around it. The but, parks but, and but on the 3rd, it was too late. It was, on, it was too late on the 3rd. Correct. Yeah, because I put one in on the 3rd, and I tried to get around it. I was like, nope, we can't get around it. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Wow. And uh, when from your side, and uh, all of us were on iHunt Colorado, which is a great website, a lot, a lot of good people there, and you can get a lot of good information, but you can also, some people can fly off the handle and put oh, stuff yeah. on there. They have it's no idea site, what they're though. talking about. But it's a great site, and Curtis Mock's a great guy. And, um, you know, we're, we're so is Chris, Chris LeDuc as well. On the yep. show forever uh, as well. But what are some of the things that your people were having frustrations with? Mostly the newer ones, you know, just trying to understand it. And then, you know, the big, bigger question, our bigger thing I saw was people were getting really confused with create an account and find your account. Mm -hmm. And it, if, if you created an account when you already had an account, it didn't like that at all and it created a mess. And the other one was there was that unique email address. My wife's email has been the same one since that's the only email she has because she's not a computer person and it would not accept it. So I finally went in and used one of my other emails, because I have numerous, and once I got it created, then it was able to go in and change it back to hers and accepted hers instantly as soon as I did that. And the girls down at COW said, yeah, that was kind of a glitch that's going on. All right. Okay. What do you guys think about the not paying for the license till you draw it, good or bad? I'm saddened by it. I just think it's we already have a point creep in Colorado, and everyone is putting in now because they're like it's three bucks even if yeah. it's 40 <laughs> and I put in right. for other states from Arizona New Mexico Utah and you know you pay a certain amount of money to get a preference point some have you put the money up front some don't but Colorado is so generous on non-resident hunters anyway and not nothing against it but the point is, is I think our point creep is going to be huge now because three bucks or forty-three dollars, however you want to look at, mm -hmm. by a preference point, it's just more people. We heard more people putting in. Well, I'll put in for a goat and a sheep and a 
and a moose. And my wife has never put in for a goat in the past. She's like, it's three bucks. Yeah. Why not? Right. So guess what? Her and a million other yeah. people. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the other thing was how many people, and this is an, an unintended consequence I think we're going to find, is um, I talked three guys out of burning their points because they're like, I just want out. I'm, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Oh, we didn't, we didn't get that, but that makes sense. If you have 20 points and now you have so many, because we have unlimited hunters in Colorado. You can come the night before and pick up a tag. Yep. No other state you can do that. I mean, we're a really generous state on that. You can hunt a bull elk the night before the season opens. Yep. Yep. And, um, and we're the so only one that does that, huh? We are. Wow. Montana has limited every, I mean, every state that I know of. I'm not yeah. saying yeah. I'm exactly right, but it, for what I put in for we're it. We're still also the best price in the western states. Very much so. Right. But, you know, you used to have to, when you put in for two months, you'd have to go, can I be without $3,000 for two months or whatever it was? And now you have to look at it, can I be without $13 or $19 or whatever if you're paying for preference points? It's, it's not such a hit in the pocket, even for a non-resident. Mm -hmm. They don't have to pay the 600 or whatever it is for an elk tag until they draw. But so, there is a caveat to all that. And that is, as we were talking about before the show, that... If your card runs and for some reason it doesn't run, doesn't have to be that there was not money in there, just some mistake in the card or whatever. You, they're going to call you within 10 days to fix that. Well, if you don't fix that, the real killer is not only do you lose that tag, you lose all your points. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yes. yes. And I think the date, if I remember right, when we had Colorado Parks and Wildlife on June the 20th, Around that date, I'd really be watching Circle your, your email calendar. and different things. <laughs> yeah, uh, is the day that they well, would everybody kind of watches it anyway. But yeah. uh, charges and then uh, so a few dates just to keep you up on June the fourth through the eighth. The draw results will be posted online, uh, hopefully, and uh, June the twentieth. That is the oh, I am right. Uh, June twentieth license payment deadline. So you've got to pay for those licenses by then. So you might think about it if you use a credit card and you didn't think about the expiration date when you were putting it in, and if that expires somewhere between now and June the 20th, you might go in and put a new payment method in there. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep that from happening. Can you imagine the work the Colorado Parks and Wildlife is going to have to do to call yeah. every person and get a hold of them? Well, I can't even when imagine When we had them that. on, they said this, because I asked them why they did this. They said it saved them $3 million. In processing fees. In processing fees of issuing checks. Back. And all the different things back, so it saved them three million dollars. I heard two point five. Yeah. But so what's, it'll be interesting what the site, you know, of people and paying them, what it's going to cost to get a hold of them. It'll be interesting the difference, but. Right. And then June the sixth, a couple of more important dates: uh, leftover draw applications accepted on this date, and then the leftover draw application and correction deadline is July third, and then July sixteenth, leftover draw results will be posted online. Then a big date everybody kind of looks for. Um, is August 7th because those remaining limited licenses on sale in person and by phone. And uh, so then that's when all the uh, extras will be left over. And they, they are good about putting out those lists and keeping those updated of all the different species, how many tags are left, the units, and all the different things and um, all of that. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was an adventure <laughs> before the hunting season. <laughs> so, Scott, Scott you just mentioned something that's very interesting that a lot of people don't pay attention to. You mentioned the limited leftover draw. Right. And that is o you can only get into the limited leftover draw by clicking send me a leftover list. The right. only way you can get in there, and that's if you're unsuccessful. So, yeah, they give you options at the end. Like, you, don't, you know, if you want to go in the leftover draw, you want a refund, right. whatever. Right. So, 
you may go back and check some of those things, how you did it. I encourage people all the time to, to click the leftover draw. It doesn't hurt you. You still will get, there is no refund now because it's three bucks or right. whatever. So there's, I, the refund is almost, I don't even understand that now, but um, <laughs> the, the leftover, if you do nothing, let's say you go to Europe on a vacation and you had the papers and you didn't even do anything, it doesn't cost you anything. You just get a look at it before that nightmare happens on August, whatever you said, 7th. Mm -hmm. You get the first opportunity to look at the list and say, oh, there's a deer tag that's a limited leftover. I'm going to get that. And you put it in you have a really good chance of getting it. So I tell people that we mentor all the time, click the leftover. Never click the refund because at least you get to look at the elk list, the deer list, and the antelope list. Yeah. My wife drew a cow tag last year. There was only two in the leftover list. And when it came to the real leftover draw, there was only one because my wife had the other one. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. So a lot of people naturally hit the refund, but they... I think they should look at the leftover list. Sure. It'll help them. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado, Lisa Thompson in studio, Donnell Johnson with Hunt Data, when Eubanks with us from Colorado Outdoor Sports. When we come back, we're going to talk a little spring turkey. Hey, it's right around the corner on April the 14th. Uh, we've got a lot of calls in studio. We're going to talk about that, some strategies, some common mistakes people make. And then if you're looking for a place to hunt, that's where Wynn's going to help us out a whole lot. If you're looking for some great properties to hunt around, really within a, a few hours' drive here of the Metroplex area here in Denver, uh, Wynn has got a great, great uh, setup for you with Colorado Outdoor Sports, and uh, we'll talk more about that right after this. I was hurt in a car accident. The bills were piling up and my insurance company was giving me the runaround. I didn't know what to do, but then I called a lawyer I saw on TV. That lawyer had all the tools and the knowledge to get me 1.2 mil. Whoa, whoa. When you're hurt in an accident, you need Kevin Flesh of Flesh Law, a lawyer that's going to take your case seriously and not treat you like some get-rich-quick scheme. Serious car accidents are traumatic and can completely disrupt your life. Kevin Flesh has the integrity to help you get your life back on track. He will fight for you to get what you deserve, but he won't treat you like a lottery ticket. After you've been in an accident, call Kevin Flesh of Flesh Law at 303-806-8886 and make Make sure you will get someone who will do the right thing and get your life back. When people see the new, beautiful Cat Lodge at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they're pretty impressed. With its sleek condo spaces, stunning wall murals reflecting Colorado mountainscapes, custom-built cat trees made from real aspen and spruce, and a colorful and entertaining fish tank, we couldn't be happier to show it off. The Cat Lodge is a special place for cats of all ages and sizes to hang out when their families are away, providing much-needed peace and tranquility. Whether your special friend loves to lounge, nest, explore, or be entertained, you can rest assured that your special companion will find something that suits his or her fancy. The atmosphere is relaxing and stress-free and filled with cat-friendly activities and objects of interest. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, we understand how stressful it can be to leave a beloved pet behind when you have to be away. Call Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center with your questions about our new cat lodge and our cat boarding services. 303-708-8050 or visit LoneTreeVet.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. If you're just joining us, my name is Scott Watley. We've got Wynn Eubank in studio from Colorado Outdoor Sports. Then our favorite ladies, Lisa Thompson and Donnell Johnson from Hunt Data, Hunting Divas, 
step up, step out. Uh, they are actively involved in the outdoors. I mentioned before the break we're going to go to spring turkey, but a couple of things we want to mention is make sure you read uh, the 2018 Colorado Big Game brochure. Uh, right inside in orange highlights, you will see what's new for 2018. Um, again, some of the information uh, about the draw isn't correct in there because they change. But the main thing is just go over some of the things um, that they've got in there. They're talking about uh, mandatory chronic wasting disease um, in select units. Uh, they've got a deal for muzzle loading, uh, round ball bullets for muzzle loaders, now minimum caliber, now minimum uh, 50 caliber. Uh, there's some youth outreach hunting classes, uh, licenses, I should say, valid on public land. Um, shed antler uh, collecting annual closures or some deals with overnight camping. So just make sure you go through and uh, read the brochure and uh, a lot of things in there about that. And, you know, there are a lot of things, ladies, and you guys are involved in this and win too. Um, you know, with youth hunts, man, our youth have some great, great chances to do some great hunting here. Especially in the draw. Yeah. They get a little bit of preference there with 15% of the tags and Always try to put them in first if we can. Yep. And um, going to go to spring turkey now. Talk a little uh, turkey hunting, and uh, man, all of us love to do that. And if you've never done it, I would highly recommend you give it a try. Uh, it is a, a lot of fun and a wonderful, wonderful experience. So again, that starts April the 14th. And um, uh, what do you guys think is the big difference um, with spring? and fall turkey, Lisa? Well, they're active in the spring. Yeah. I, they're gobbling more. Um, you can call the gobblers in. In the fall, what I've seen, I mean, we see turkey, but they're not as easy to bring them to you. Um, and that's the idea. We're playing the game, and they're mating in the spring. And in the fall, I don't believe they mate in the fall. <laughs> so like most animals, uh, you know, they have their babies and stuff in the spring. See, for so. humans, that's called football season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and hunting. <laughs> so we try to capitalize on it right, in the yeah. spring. So we Did try you to know trick you can em. shoot them with a twenty-two in the fall? Yeah, there are some different uh, things in law. In in I've never done units, it, but you can. Certain units out in the right. eastern plains that they're realizing there's a lot of turkeys out there, and they're going to let you take them with a 22 or... It's been that way in Pennsylvania forever. Yeah. Really? And um, actually, uh, low-power low rifles like 222s and that kind of stuff. Right. And you can take either sex. You can do female or um, um, male, and you can't do that in the spring. Right. But in Colorado, you can take two gobblers in the spring if you have a limited uh, tag and if you have an over-the-counter tag. And, like, I drew a limited tag out in the Eastern Plains, and then I will have an over-the-counter, too. So I will try to get, I'm trying to get a Merriam in a Rio and then go to maybe to Missouri with Don Allen and get an Eastern, so. Okay. Good then deal. the only thing you need is your, uh, the one down in Florida. Oh, Osceola. Osceola, yeah. yeah and the yeah. Gould, um, we have friends in Arizona and uh, Mexico that we're going to go after the ghoul too. Nice, so. nice. And I was there. There is a pretty good report out uh, that there are going to be, uh, you know, uh, should be great for spring turkey. And um, we're going to scan a little article here in a minute and kind of go through some things uh, there as well. So. You guys brought some calls today, and um, and then, like I say, uh, in our next segment, we're going to get with Wynn and talk a little bit about Colorado Outdoor Sports because everyone, and the biggest complaint you hear, and I think you guys hear this, people don't have places to go, Wynn. Yep. I yep. mean, you know, they don't want to um, mess up and get on, you know, private property or all. Can all I the, jump in there? Sure. Because we can do a giveaway. And on our latest digital maps, okay. we have the turkey, all the turkey series. And so we have the roost, the spring, and the winter ranges on land use maps. 
and they can load that to their phone. They can know exactly where they're at when they're on public and private, and they can also know when they're getting close to where they have roosted. I tell people respect the roost, but with Miriam's, we, we've seen, that, you know, they may go one ridge to the other, but you can see where they have historically roosted. Right. You can get into those summer-winter ranges. It was pretty fun last year. We went out with Wayne Carlton, and um, we're driving along in the dark, and I had that map loaded for that unit, and I'd never been there before. He said, off to the right, here's where their winter range starts, and that's exactly where the the blue was on my map. And as we got up higher, he's like, you know, this is a spring range or vice versa. I don't remember what it was, but but the maps were accurate. And, and they use radio collars. They, we do that with all the animals. We even have goose maps. We have elk, um, sheep, goat, moose, lion. We right. have them all. So. so that's the key kind of before you even start anything is know where you're going. No words legal. <laughs> well, and drop a pin where your vehicle yeah, is. Yeah, and, and don't get lost. Yeah. yeah, and that's what's nice about it. When you put on your smartphone, we actually put our phones in airplane mode. So it saves your battery, and it still works because you have a GPS chip in your phone. A lot of people don't realize that because the apps you use typically weren't written to take advantage of, of a GPS. They're, they're running off cell towers. But the app that we use, it actually runs off um, satellites. Right. So, so does that... You download that ahead of time where you're absolutely. going absolutely. when you're on a Wi-Fi mm -hmm. situation. Exactly. So we can hook you up here today, but if you want to do a caller and do a giveaway, um, All right. Let's we do can that. do that. We'll take the first caller, 303-477-5600, and uh, we'll get you this turkey map set up from Hunt Data. And uh, it's great to have Lisa and Donnell here. They're always usually at one of the stores, uh, Cabela's Bass Pro, and uh, they can help you get it all set out. But it's, it is really, really a great uh, tool to use, once again, just for safety and uh, as well as knowing where turkeys are at. Man, that, 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 that'll help you, yeah. Well, you know, what would go ahead? No, we just had a, an incident last year, and the most accidents actually happen in turkey season. So just be really careful. Um, Lisa and I were set up with our 10. I had that limited tag last year. I shot a, a turkey out in Eastern Plains. I got two last year, just what she's hoping to do this year. But um, we're all set up. We have our calls. We have our decoys. We're in our tent. And it's like 10 minutes before sunup. And we can talk about that really quick, what's shooting light. But, um, and we, hear, we can hear the gobblers gobbling in the trees. We're excited. We, we, this seems like a slam dunk. And we hear a shot go off. And we're like, what? You had no idea anyone was around you. Well, there was a state wildlife area behind where we were set up. Okay. And so somebody had gone in there, you know, and just shot early. And then it got about 10 minutes later, there was a shot right behind us, which it began to get scary. We're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, so you got to be careful when you're out there, too. So, yeah. But you were going to ask about calls, I think. Yeah, we'll talk about calls a little bit. But what do you think, if you had to pick one... Um attribute that you should have when hunting turkeys i mean i've talked to a lot of people and uh i was reading an article today and this article said be patient yep i mean that is the number one thing you know because i mean I some of us are good at sitting yeah others of us are not if, if you would come see lisa and i we've been t teaching cabela's bass pro we have three slides patience 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 and oh, really? we even yeah. challenge people you know like when you want to get up look at your watch and sit there 30 more minutes, just 30 more. And you know how many times that's helped us out. And I, in, when I was on my Eastern Plains hunt, we were set up in the tent. I got impatient. I went back, um, was walking part of the sand bed, and I saw a turkey way, way, way down. So I didn't have any of my decoys, so all I had with me is my diaphragm. And so I started doing some yelping, and I only had sat there about 15 minutes, and I got up to go do something else, and <laughs> I ran into that Tom. He was coming around the corner. And so the good news is I went way down the stream bed and started yelping again. And I don't know if it was the same time or not, but he came into me, just set up in a tree. It was actually pretty cool because at some point I knew I had to pick up my gun and, and shoot him. But he was coming through that high grass. I could see his red head coming. I was like, this is so cool. 
But again, patience is huge, right. huge. And if I could only take one thing, I would take my diaphragm. The first time I was ever turkey hunting was up by Idaho Springs and had about an inch of snow. And uh, sat down, did a calling session, stayed there for about 15, 20 minutes, just like you said, got up, went away. I came back through there three hours later. There was turkey tracks in my tracks. It was like, really? Um, <laughs> so wow. true. Yeah. Well, they're not on the same clock as we are, and that's what I tell people even with elk and deer. And about the time you think you're, you should leave, I would, t it, I would challenge you to stay another 15 to 30 minutes. Sure. Because they just meander all the time, even though sometimes they'll run in occasionally when they see a decoy or a call, but they just mill around and they just take their time. And... Um, we, we have scared more turkeys getting up and not being patient, and then when we have, even if we're in a blind, we bring a book or do something, and we look up, and they're all right there or something because we, we just stayed in the blind. And, but blind's forgiving, so right. you can stay a little bit longer, I think. Lisa, you just mentioned a great, great tool that I tell, tell my guys and girls as well. Take a book. You know, now these new electronic books are kind of cool because you can just click it, but you got to remember to look up and around <laughs> before flipping the page because I can tell you a couple of times where myself and my best friend have been busted flipping the page and then thinking, oh, I should have looked. Yeah, right, right, right definitely. <laughs> All right, let's do some calling here. And uh, I tell you what, Donnell, is, You're gonna hold is that this? on me it, right now? Yeah, it or, is on you. All right, let's flip it around to you guys. Yeah, I'm going to let you see what you're seeing. I'll okay, like all right, there we'll you do go. this. Okay. There and, we go. Uh, we'll show you. Win as well here in studio with us, uh, America's Most Wanted. Uh, you so may these have are box that. calls from Wayne Carlton that he makes so many tunes each one. Um, we're a big fan of Wayne's stuff. He's been around. He invented the diaphragm call way back when. And Diane, uh, Donnell uses the diaphragm a lot. I'm working on that, but I'm a big box caller, so I wouldn't leave without my box call, and she won't leave without that. So, But here's some calling. All right. Well, let's talk strategy a minute. You get out, first thing, uh, you know, I guess we can take this two ways. I wish we had a two-hour show today. You, you've done some scouting. Uh, maybe you were there the evening before. You know the, the roost is fairly near. Let's talk about how close you should be and should not be to the roost, you know. And then what do you do when you first get there? Well, a lot of times we aren't there the night before, and the first thing we do is we either have an owl call or a crow call. We use, I use a crow a little bit more. And I'll throw out a, an aggressive crow call, even at dark 30, and hopefully get a gobble. Once we find a gobble, we kind of put, occasionally if we don't have a crow call, we'll do the, the gobble just to whatever, locate them. But then that's pretty much put away. And then um, we find out which direction the roost is in. And we're always a couple hundred yards away from the roost um, because they can see you from the tree. And, um, Ten what, power eyes. They do, they do. And so we set up our decoys, um, and we always usually have a hen and, a, and a, a jake over the top of a hen to make it look like it's mating. And so when they can kind of see that, it kind of really gets them stirred Great up. competition. Yeah. yeah. And then we also have a wing from a turkey, and I didn't bring it, but when, when you got your hat? Because no. they can come off the roost in so many different directions, and you can take your hat off and stuff, but you hit it. That's you're what trying I to, use. You're trying to coax them to come your way. And what they do is, because if you've ever watched turkeys come off, they come off, they don't come off all together all the time. They'll, a couple will come off or five will come off. Some will stay in the tree longer. But you're trying to convince them to come your way, and, and by hitting your um, hat or using a wing, it 
um, they think other turkeys have come down, and that's what the direction that they went. Sound, it's yeah. a fly-down sound. So. Tell you what, we're up against a break real quick. So okay. let's break real quick. When we come back, we're going to demonstrate some calls and also tell you some great places to hunt, but it's all in one simple uh, club, and that's Colorado Outdoor Sports. And by the way, I'll give you Wynn's number right now, 720-300-9400. 720-300-9400, and that's coloradooutdoorsports.com. You're listening to Sports from Colorado, and we'll be right back. This is Red Merrill for Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is a weapon manufacturer that services the firearm enthusiast. From precision ARs to suppressors, Phoenix Weaponry can make your dreams come true. Phoenix Weaponry is a full-service gun shop that offers gunsmithing, coating, and modifications to your own weapon. Phoenix Weaponry, family-owned and operated right here in Colorado. If you can dream it, Phoenix Weaponry can build it. Call today, 720-340-2496. Again, that's 720-340-2496. Or visit their website, phoenixweaponry.com. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and receive 10% off your custom-built weapon. Ladies, I know you're tired of walking into the local gun store and seeing the same old thing. So let me tell you about Rampart Firearms. Just a quarter mile up Highway 67 off of Santa Fe and Sedalia, you will find a great selection of guns, ammo, tactical, and personal defense weapons. And if you or your spouse love to hunt, Rampart Firearms is a great stop for all of your hunting needs. Shotguns, rifles, pistols, anything from predator hunting to your next big game trip. Head to Rampart Firearms at the foot of the Rockies. Open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you will only pay a 4% tax on your purchase. RampartFirearms.com, 720-468-0050. That's 720-468-0050. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. If you're just joining us, my name is Scott Wadley. We're talking spring turkey, and that opens April the 14th. Make sure you get the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Guide to 2018 Colorado Turkey. Read that. A lot of great information in that. Uh, we've kind of been um, playing around a little trick question, asking people what is legal shooting light. And uh, we've gotten a lot of different answers, and I'll be honest with you. A lot of people thought, including myself at one point, that that was the same as big game, but it is not. It is a half hour uh, before sunrise, and then your legal shooting light ends at sunset. And so you just want to make sure you've got all the information, so pick up that Colorado Parks and Wildlife 2018 Colorado Turkey Guide. So I'll take the camera from John L. now. And um, when I tell you what, you got the best one here. No call. <laughs> Just mouth call. So tell us a little. Well, the first time it really happened to me, I was calling in a turkey, and I was, I was stalking the turkey, and he was 60 yards out, still too far, and I had no choice. And I've always been play, fascinated and playing around with different calls and different things. And uh, that turkey got to about 60 yards out, and uh, I got kind of stuck. He was going to keep going past me, heading toward the guy that was calling to him which is what we had actually set up so that I could stalk him. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And so all of a sudden I just went, <laughs> sure enough, he turned on a dime. He ran right at me. And uh, 
when he got to about 17 yards out, I let him have it. Beautiful. Beautiful. I would have ran to it. It sounds legit. <laughs> it sounded good to me. I'd be a dead turkey. I have uh, to cheat. I have to use Wayne's call. But you know, I cheat too. I, I, I have tried, and like Lisa, I just do not, cannot get that thing to totally work in my mouth the way it's supposed you gotta to. you got to take it out of the plastic, Wayne. <laughs> yes, Maybe that that's the deal. You have to yeah. take it out. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. I got, it to, I got it to work well, but never great. Right. All right, let's talk that strategy, as we were saying before the break. You, you get there. What's the first thing? I mean, do you start doing the crow, the owl thing right when we, you get there, or we, do you wait for a little while? We get down closer to where the turkeys we think they're at and do a crow, but the idea is to locate them, to see at least which way they should be hopefully be coming. Yeah, once we know we're there, we're not going to sit there and keep crow calling. Right. If we know they're there and we're set up in a nice flat area, they want to strut when they come down and show off for the girls. So we're, we're trying to create that illusion of there's another small, younger Tom that's already found the girlfriend and you want to create competition. So we'll do some yelps and some cutting and... I don't know. And we don't um, do the flapping of the wing of coming out of the roost until it's light. I mean, you don't see turkeys come out in the dark. They can't, they don't want to get eaten by a coyote or something. That's why they're in the tree. So you have to be realistic. I mean, you can't sit there flapping the, uh, and with your hat and stuff in the dark. They, it's not realistic. So, and then we just do a, so, a soft yelp, occasional yelp um, after, you know, at that first light. And the, Trying to, those gobblers are sitting, they've been sitting there all night and it's mating season and they're thinking there's a hen on the ground and they need to get to her. So, so let's say you're sitting there, uh, you hear the turkey come out of the roost, you know they're on the ground. Mm -hmm. What next? Patience, patience, <laughs> patience. And I can't, yeah. I can't reiterate that. We were, we were scouting just two, Monday or Tuesday of this week and, and we watched the turkeys. They milled over here and then they ran over here and they're, they're just funny to watch. They're, it's not like, they passed you and you're like, oh, my, my hopes are over because it's not. They may mill around and come back. and Come back. We're right back around. They'll time come back around. Again. Yeah, and they're, they're just funny little creatures. <laughs> we had a gobbler come off the roost last year, and I would have I bet my firstborn he was going to come to us. He w we were so close. He was so close. He was gobbling, and if we would have had the 360 tent, I think we could have seen him. But we couldn't. We knew he was, like, literally right there. But the way the tent was open, the blind, um, we couldn't see him. And kid you not, he walks away gobbling. And I'm like, no way, we lost him. And he walks away. He's gone for about 30 minutes, and we could hear a distant gobble. And that, he came, we, we kept working the calls and stuff. And that same gobbler came back around, and he came up, looked at the decoy, and we shot him. And I don't know why he didn't come to begin with, but for whatever reason he did. Because they, ha you know, they have an empty stomach now. So they come down and get water and they get their gravel. And then they start feeding. So they have a routine that they've had all year round. So it's like, I'm going to get to you, but I've got to get to you on my time sometimes. <laughs> and our, their time isn't my time. Right. And again, if we would have had a 360 blind, I think we would have had a shot on him. But it wasn't that he, he just had other things to do, and then he ended up coming back. Okay. So what call will you do? I mean, you, you, you hear them on the ground, and so you know they've come out of the roost. What will you do first? I'm a big box caller. When Wayne shows us on his box calls to call, he's very aggressive. He will he'll get after it. What if you, let's take this two ways, what if you don't get a response? 
Do you just keep going? We do, because just like elk, we've had it. They come in quiet. They don't always talk to you. We've seen hens and, and gobblers come in, and they've never shut up. Goblin and the hens are clucking. And we've also seen where we're literally in the blind, and they've come around the blind, and we didn't even know they were there. Literally just right underneath us, and we're like, no way. And we're sitting there pointing, going. And see, we like to bow hunt them a lot. So... Um, we get distracted sometimes on our phones or something. Sometimes. And then we look up and they're sitting right there where they had been coming because, again, patience is an our gifting. And Donnell and I. At in my times, next life, I get to have patience. Yes. <laughs> so, um, again, they come in quiet and they come in. We've had hens walk all the way around us and they have, they have clucked the whole time nonstop. I know with Wayne, when we went with him in the National Forest last year, we would just walk some of the ridges and he just kept yelping. And if we got a reaction. And he would just be really loud. You know, a lot of times it was windy, but he was just yelping really loud, really loud. We'd sit there for three or four minutes. One of the things he talked about is walking back the exact same way we walked in because it might have taken them a little while to get to where we were. We didn't hear them gobble. Maybe they were coming in quiet, whatever. Um, and, and sure enough, on our way back out on Lisa's hunt, we had walked probably about a mile in. And on our way back is when we caught the gobbler that, who knows, he maybe heard us the first time. Maybe it's we just caught him in a different part where, where you know, we could have different theories. But um, we caught him coming back. So Most, most likely he was coming into that first time you guys came right. through. He was, and that's what something Wayne taught me last year is I think times um, I have overcalled. And what I mean by that, we would get a, a turkey, a, a gobbler, and he would respond. And then Wayne wouldn't call for like 15 minutes. Because that gobbler already had us pinned. And it was almost the anticipation. And I, you know, I think I would, in the past, call in between there. And then about in 15 minutes, Wayne would do a really aggressive call. And he would get a gobble back. And then he wouldn't call again. Well, once and, we had a gobble, he would have us set up. We'd lean up against the tree, find ourselves some shooting lanes, and yeah. Stay, and I, stay I think still, he, stay mm -hmm. still. He made those toms come, and we'd have them come. I'll bet you some of them came over a mile. And it, just the anticipation, I think, that the tom knew they, they can pinpoint that, just like a bull elk can pinpoint where you're at. And they just take their time, and all of a sudden they just show up, and here's a redhead coming down a logging road or through the trees or whatever. But Isn't it amazing how... We can't pinpoint that sound from that gobble. But we're, they can. Well, we're like, I think he's over there. I know. But he can pinpoint to to a point where if you're playing the game right, he'll walk past and then turn around and go, wait a minute. It, it was right there. It should have been back there. Right. It's amazing how they And I've had that, that happen with elk, too. It yeah, blows exactly. me away. Yeah. It's like they know exactly where it's at. And, and, that, and, and that's where we talk about decoys or that second part. And same, same with elk this year. We started using uh, Wayne's butthead, the female elk, that three-dimensional. What a different season we had. We had three bulls in archery season, which is a, hard, it's a tough season, you know, and, and just adding that decoy to our calls because they do come in. Lisa always says it's like when your mom says dinner and you walk in the kitchen, you're like, where's dinner? <laughs> you smell it. You heard mom say it, but it's the same way with, with the calls. You know, we're calling them, and they come in going, wait, where's she at? <laughs> and I'm more used to the elk coming in silent myself. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. They do, especially they get, I think we have so many Colorado bow hunters that they just get educated, and they do. They still want to know if there's a female over there, but they're just going to come in quietly. Plus, they've been beat up a half the time when they've come up. They've gotten, you know, the bulls are fighting and stuff, and so they come in quiet. They're trying to steal a cow or two. Sure. What so is the technical name for this? I just wanted to say it real quick because I wanted to talk about, you said how you can mount this on your shotgun. Um, it's just a, it's a, push, it's a push mount, and I have a, a similar one. It's not as nice as that one. It's just plastic, and it's got scoops in the top of it, and then you strap it to the top of your shotgun.
And it's got a hole right where you're the other side, of not where you're pushing on, the other pin. There's a okay. hole drilled through it. Okay. And it's got a string on it. So then you can just pull your finger just a little tiny bit, keeping no movement whatsoever. Because sometimes that last little bit is what you need to get them. To, so, to finish. So you go to, if you go to Scott's Facebook, you can you can watch this because we're doing a video live. But basically putting it on the shotgun so I can have the shotgun up and pulled, yep. and I can still do a last minute. It, maybe. It, yeah, it actually sits on the bottom of your shotgun, okay. up against the the yeah. foreplate, and that's it. And it's pulling the string. Yep, exactly. So the one sense that turkeys don't have, a lot of people don't realize, is they can't smell. So us women love that. So we don't have to worry about our scent. But but they make up for it in eyesight and hearing. It's like they 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 seem better in those other two categories. So sure. their life depends on it. So basically, most will use three types of calls. Either the you have the diaphragm. You have the diaphragm, and if you're new to turkey hunting, we'll show this. Real quick. You have the diaphragm. You have the slate call, and then you have a box call. A box. And um. Then you, I meant there's, there's a lot of toys out there. <laughs> oh, I was getting away from my microphone here you a little were. bit. All right. So, yeah, I kind of forgot it was there. So, we've got the, the diaphragm, we've got the box call, we've got the slate call. We've got a gobbler right here. And a gobbler, which is very, very easy. And, um, and really, if you'll just get these, I mean, Victoria hates this because I'll just walk around the house and don't do it. But, I mean, if you'll just get used to doing it, yep. man, you can keep it in your mouth, I mean, and just get used to doing it. I, I was mean, so excited this year. All I had was a diaphragm oh, leaning against you, the tree. Awesome. And that tom coming through the grass straight at me, I was like, I did it all by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited. I mean, I've, I, I've had a hard time switching to the diaphragm. It made me gag as well, but I just kept using it, using it, and stopped think, overthinking it. I don't know. I actually can handle it now. You can bugle with this. You can yelp with this. You can do a coyote call with this. It's amazing, his new rip-it call. But it's just amazing. That's all you have to have. Your hands are free. I don't have to mount anything to my, my right. gun, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> no, or my bow. I mean, really on the bow, is, is it, this has Huge. become my the bull I sh elk I shot with Wayne this year. I did a right. mew. He did a mew. Of course, the bull responded to Wayne's mew. He knew, I guess, the difference. <laughs> but but that bull came into those light, those last few light mews, and then we had the decoy out there. So. And if you look at some of these calls, nativebycarlton.com, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm telling you, folks, they're awesome. And uh, there's a box call there. And uh, signed himself. by Wayne. Maybe we'll have to get him yeah. to do one of those for us sometime. And uh, whoop, <laughs> I rotated. Donnell, I did. There we go. All right. Yeah, that's cool. Good stuff. Very cool. You're listening to Sportsman Colorado. When we come back, Wynn Eubank's going to join us and talk a little bit about Colorado outdoor sports. If you're looking for great places to hunt, we've got them. We'll be right back. If you're looking for great deals on outdoor equipment and clothing, we've got you covered. Hi, this is Bill Paddock, owner of the Outdoorsman's Attic, your outdoor gear consignment headquarters. You'll save 20, 30, 40, even 50% on previously owned outdoor gear for the fisherman, hunter, and camper. We also sell live bait, firearms, and ammo. If you're doing a little spring cleaning, bring in your gear to the Outdoorsman's Attic. We'll sell it for you and put cash in your pocket. You can also pick up your hunting and fishing licenses right here at the store. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor gear needs is the Outdoorsman's Attic, located at 2650 West Hampton Avenue in Sheridan, Colorado. 303-781-3626. That's 303-781-3626. Or visit us online at outdoorsmansattic.com. Mention Sportsman's of Colorado and receive 20% off all your outdoor clothing. Hi, this is Scott Watley. Let me tell you what I love about Stack Optical. They are truly one of the last optician-owned, family-owned optical stores. 
At Stack Optical, you can be confident you'll receive personal attention. For over 50 years, Alan Stack has shown he really cares about making his customers happy. Stack Optical also has a beautiful new location at 2233 South Monaco Parkway in Denver. Free and easy up-close parking. Stack Optical has an on-site eyeglass production lab. Whether you need office eyewear or a new set of shooting or golf glasses, Stack Optical has the solution with the Stack Sport Pack. Give them a call today and ask for their $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578. Your eyes and vision are one of the most important things in life. I'm confident at Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. That's 303-321-1578, stackoptical.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. My name is Scott Watley. Boy, I wish this is one of the days I wish we had a several-hour show, a lot we could talk about and help you out with, and we appreciate you being with us. Wynn Eubank is with us. I mentioned Colorado Outdoor Sports as well. And, uh, Wynn, uh, man, again, I said this earlier in the segment, but uh, a lot of people, man, struggling on finding places to hunt. And a lot of people have given up because they don't know where to go, whatever. Colorado Outdoor Sports can help. We can. It's, um, you know, it's getting harder and harder with the population growth and everything else. The, all the public land is getting hammered pretty hard. So uh, we've got 20 pieces of property. We use an online reservation system. And you go and use, reserve a piece of property for yourself, for your family, for the morning, the afternoon, or the whole day so that you can go hunt. And you don't, you don't have to put up with anybody else. And it's just yours. Okay. 720-300-9400 is the number. 720-300-9400. So let's talk about how the program works a little bit. Cost and all. 495 initiation, $99 a month. Get you uh, into the club for a year and you get to try it out, see all the properties, go scout them, go hunt them. Uh, turkey reservations will start tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Okay. Put me down. <laughs> seven, seven, seven days in advance, you you can reserve a piece of property. Uh, so next out the next Saturday, you'll be ready ready to go. All right. Can we do this? I'm going to ask you live on air, so you can't say no. It's four ninety five for the um, initiation fee. Can we do a hundred dollars off of that if they'll mention Sportsman of Colorado? Absolutely. Okay. If you'll call when at seven two zero. Three zero zero nine four zero zero, and you mentioned Sportsman of Colorado, and you join the club instead of four ninety five. It's going to be three ninety five, and then the monthly fee again, ninety nine dollars a month. Wow, can't beat that. That's a pretty good value, yep. and that offers fishing, hunting, hunting, camping, camping, and it's all forms of hunting. So the turkey, the goose, the duck, the. Uh, your deer, elk, a little bit of everything. Okay. And it's a do-it-yourself, though. This is yeah, a non-guided yep, yep, exactly. type of setup. Yep. There's no guiding. You, you go scout the properties for yourself. You learn where they're at. You understand them. Matter of fact, just a, not today because it would be kind of not, not so much fun. But yesterday, <laughs> yesterday on one of our properties, one of the guys sent me a video of turkeys in full strut already. Wow. They are fired up. Okay. Again, that number is 720 three zero zero nine four zero zero man you 
She just got all zeros there, man. <laughs> 720-300-9400. It's Colorado Outdoor Sports. You can go to coloradooutdoorsports.com. And uh, we've known Wynn for a number of years, and I'm telling you, this is the real deal. I know sometimes, boy, you hear about different nightmare situations with leasing land, doing all this. And this is a great way to do it. Wynn runs a great, great company, uh, has awesome properties. Um, I mean, he's out and about at all the different shows, and we hear nothing but great, great things about the properties. And so if you're looking for a place to hunt, great place to take kids, family, this is it. 720-300-9400. While you're mentioning that, Scott, uh, membership does include the spouse and the dependents. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a single single membership. Wow. Okay. So this becomes a really really bang for your buck. Say you got four kids, you want to go fishing, private pond, you, the wife, and four kids. Right. For that price. Man, pretty good deal. <laughs> All right, and also Lisa Thompson's with us and Donnell Johnson. We've got a few more minutes here uh, talking about turkey and, and different things. Uh, so let's approach this uh, with archery and then again with uh, um, our typical shotgun like most uh, a lot of us will use. But uh, I tell you, I did stick a hog this last weekend with my bow for the yeah, first time, yeah, and yeah, that was yeah. fun. That's I'm telling awesome. you, it is different, and everybody's tried to tell me that, but it would just it, it would drive me crazy to be in a setup where, you know, animal hangs out there and I've, I've, I took the time to go, you know, paid the money, whatever, and then not be able to get the shot. But... It's just a different mindset with archery, right? And it you is. just got to change your mindset. Right, and the success isn't always there like it is with a, a shotgun or a rifle, depending on what animal you're hunting. But, you know, we usually always do a blind when we're doing um, our bows just because it's really hard to um, Get your own. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then um, the thing I want to mention when you do a blind and I don't know if people think about it, but we've learned this, that we always do blackout, kind of what you're wearing today, Scott. You're wearing a black top. Right. We used to wear our camo and wonder why those turkeys weren't coming in. Well, they could see us in the blind, literally, just because we look odd. The blind isn't odd, but... It's the, like a tree it, in, a, in a tent. Yeah, and <laughs> usually the inside and of most moving. blinds are black. <laughs> so now we wear a black. We have in our buckets that we sit on, we have pullovers that are black. Donnell will wear black glasses. We'll put even black paint. We don't even put camel paint on. We wear black. And then you keep as many windows closed as possible. Exactly, because they see right. that. Their, their eyesight for not being able to smell, God made them triple the eyesight, I think. so. Right. Um, and they don't see the same as us. They see in 2D instead of 3D. Right. Right. So right. we've learned a lot, but um, we, you know, we do the same thing for a shotgun. We mm -hmm. use a blind a lot, and um, we just patiently, and we, we do our calls, and we have decoys out, and we just, and when I mean patient, we're there from way before sunrise, and if we have the day, we stay there all day. About the time you want to go to lunch and get out of your time, you're blind, they're coming through, because yeah. they mill around all day long. I'm telling you, I think that's one of the biggest uh, mistakes hunters make and you've seen this when guys get out 10 o'clock it's like we're done they want to go in and then not come back out till you know 3 30 uh, something like that and then finish up the, i'm like i would bet and i don't know the statistics on this but i would bet if you take elk uh, especially there's more elk kill between 10 and probably one o'clock than there are you getting out there at zero dark 30 and you know and then the crazy part is yeah. it was those people moving in and out from that those times that probably moved Pushed those them. animals yeah my my daughter and my dad kept left the water hole went in for lunch they came back from lunch the elk were in the water hole <laughs> yeah i did that with a whitetail my daughter was cold we'd been on the stand 
uh, whitetail hunting. We got 10 o'clock, you know, nothing was moving. We come back out at the, whatever you just said, 2.30 right. or something. And sure enough, the biggest whitetail buck was under our stand. And if we would have just been patient, and not just him, him and some does, yeah. sorry about that, um, I was just sick. And, sure. But, you know, she got cold, and, you know, like you said, people do the 10, and then they go to lunch and <laughs> rest, and then they come back at 2.30 or 3, and it's like, if you could just take the whole day yeah. and be patient and stay on the stand, I think you'll be blessed. So what are some archery tips, Lisa, that you can give, and uh, Donnell, too, and Donnell's trying to run a camera and talk as, uh, as well, but what are some archery tips that you guys may have? I'll tell you one thing that I learned, because... We know we go to No Limits Archery, Phil Mendoza, and I was over there a few days shooting and uh, just kind of getting used to the whole bow thing. And, I mean, your feet are square, shoulders are square, you're pulling back, it's fine. Well, then I get up in the stand at Allen's, uh, at yeah, Lone Star yeah. Hunts. Who's now I'm sitting down, you see what I mean? Right, exactly. And you don't know what angle they're going to come, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, oh, that's not quite <laughs> as easy as it is when you're so standing So let up. me speak to that a little bit. Um, it's kind of fun, and you know, because both girls are archery people as well, there's that's one of the things you should do. You should practice shooting from every position exactly. that you can imagine. And exactly. then there's another one that people don't realize. You're saying patience, 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 and we're absolutely correct. But then what I like to do if I'm archery hunting, about every 45 minutes or so, stand up and come to a draw. Mm -hmm. Because if you're sitting there for four hours on stand in yeah. a blind or whatever, and you're kind of not truly atrophied, but it will feel yeah. like, it will feel like you're atrophied when you have to draw on a turkey or an right. elk. All of a sudden, you'd be like, "I can't draw my bow. Ooh, yeah. What's yeah. wrong? What's wrong?" But it happens. So I like to, you know, every after I've made sure nothing's around, every 45 minutes to an hour or so, just get up, draw my bow once or twice, and, and then settle back. And pay that. attention to angles. If yeah. your animal's quartered away from you versus sure. quartering to you, if they're quartering to you, you've got that rib cage versus well, quartering away. You want to be shooting toward that off leg. Yeah. Well, and then when you're in a stand, especially, if you've never shot from a stand, you might want to go to a stand or at least on a roof or something and be up where, because it's a different angle shooting yep. down and how the arrow enters the, yeah. the species of, that you're hunting. And so, I meant we practice from that. And again, when we're in a blind turkey hunting, I don't usually sit and sit and pull my bow. And in a blind, you have to. So I literally have set my my blind up in the backyard, and I literally just pull my bow from a sitting position. Right. Because usually we're always standing when we're elk hunting. For we don't and use the blind. When we were much. in Oklahoma, I had a really thick coat on because it was rainy, foggy like today, and I went to pull, and when I released it, caught my jacket so one of the things we do is we take duct tape or take some kind of Just the armband the armband and we put it over our jacket so a lot of people don't even pay attention to what they're wearing because mm -hmm. when you go shoot in, inside at a nice sterile range um, you have something light on but you need to practice shooting and what you're actually wearing too because yeah. that it'll catch that string <laughs> I missed the I missed the Tom and I was actually able to call him back in but um, we yeah but, I yeah, was not the very air, happy. The, the, when she released it because of her bulky coat, it caught her coat, and that arrow went that way, and the tom was over here. It was crazy, and we couldn't fit, and she did it twice. And I remember <laughs> my brother telling me, being in a stand in, in Texas, Double you know, twice. it's cold, and people wear warm stuff. Well, you don't think about when you finally get that big buck or that turkey or whatever's coming in, and you're shooting, you don't even think about the puffy part of your coat. Yeah. And he missed a big buck that way. So to this day, either I take my armband everywhere I go, or if I don't, I will improvise and I'll tape. I'll do whatever to keep that. We have our camo duct tape. Because it sure. it's a one-shot wonder. <laughs> it's like muzzle loading. It's a one-shot wonder on a bow. 
you get your one shot. You've waited forever for it to come in. Uh, how many days you've been out there, and you get one shot, and you don't want to mess that up. Yeah. Although I have called things back. So there can yeah. be, and that's where calls come in. A lot of people think, oh, the shot's over. I was out with my son-in-law this year, called in a bull for him. He's so excited. He listened to podcasts. He was so ready. He shot a jillion whitetails. And I probably shouldn't say this on the air because he'll listen. But anyway, he, he was kneeling. He's 6'7", and he just he, he got excited and shot, and just the arrow went up into the air. And I, I had that decoy, so I put the decoy up, and I just started mewing with, the, with that diaphragm call. And then I did a, a, a kind of a, a small bugle, and I got that bull to come all the way back in, and he got a second shot. But I, so I said, what happened? He goes, I lost my mind on the first shot. I was so excited. <laughs> it was his first time to ever get to shoot at a bull elk ever because, you know, it's his second time actually here in Colorado so but he ended up with a four by five so he got a nice bowl but um, it is you don't know what's going to happen with buck fever either like you, you can practice 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 but you can lose your mind sure. when the animal comes so in. So you girls have made a couple comments about um, some of the other things I've said before um, we call that getting your whiskers learning your <laughs> learning your whiskers you know and you know and if you can learn your whiskers from Lisa's mistake or Donnell's mistake or mine yeah why not that's I'm genius wisdom's learning from your own genius is learning from yeah. mine wow hours up man Appreciate you guys coming in today, and uh, in all transparency, I think a couple of comments made about the weather today. We are actually pre-taping today's show uh, here, uh, Rockies opener, and so I don't know how that game's going to come out. That's in a couple hours from now. We are pre-taping today's show, but hope you enjoy it. You can also catch us on Sundays at 9 a.m., and then at 4 p.m., uh, we will re-air our Saturday show that's, of course, live 1 to 2 here on KLZ 560. So, Lisa Donnell, thanks for coming in. and uh, Thanks for having first us. First one to show a turkey picture win. All right. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> and win, thank you. Thank Colorado you. Outdoor Sports. Again, if you're looking for a great place to hunt, $100 off. So it's $395 for the initiation fee and only $99 a month. That includes the whole family. 720-300-9400. Thanks for joining us today for Sports from Colorado. Be safe and good luck. expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.